With Thanksgiving coming up, you'll be around a lot of food. Not only that, you may be the one cooking. Cooking for your family is great. Now, imagine cooking for a large group of loud, boisterous, and very opinionated firefighters. As a firefighter, you may even be on duty during the holidays like Thanksgiving, where the saving grace of working on these holidays and being away from your family is sitting down with your fire department family and sharing a great meal. A lot of important conversations happen around our dinner tables, whether at home or on duty. You don't want one of those conversations to be how gross the food is that you've prepared. In today's episode, I'll share my thoughts on the standards you should have when cooking a meal at the firehouse, and I'll give you some tips and tricks you can adopt to make sure that you aren't just a one-trick pony and your reputation as a good cook stands the test of time. And at the very end, I'll share one of my personal firehouse recipes. You are a firefighter and an EMS professional. You are a part of a worldwide brotherhood of dedicated servants and you put your life on the line every day for others. Because of that, you deserve better. We are often our own worst enemies and it's time to own it. Let's work to improve and change the status quo. That change starts with us, right here, right now. In every situation we're faced with, as we see a need, we own it and we act. Be the ideal firefighter you would want on your crew. Be ignited. Hey everyone, my name is Ryan Rodriguez and I'm the founder of Ignited and your host for the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. The Ignited Movement is a brotherhood of firefighters who challenge the status quo through a forum dedicated to self-improvement and accountability. In each of these episodes, we discuss a myriad of different things challenging the fire service today from leadership and tactics to how to improve ourselves physically as well as mentally. We aim to civilize the mind but make savage the body. And even though the focus is on the fire service, topics and principles we discuss can be applied by professionals everywhere. That being said, let's light the spark. Whenever I'm at the grocery store with my crew, it never fails. We always get someone who lays the dad joke on us. What time are we coming over for dinner? Or what's for dinner tonight? Hey, hey, hey. Typically, these people aren't interested when I give them a very detailed answer as they were simply looking for an opportunity to appear funny to some firemen. But I'm always surprised at A, how many people don't know that we cook our own meals, or B, how many people currently on the job don't know how to cook at all. One of the more peculiar observations I've made while on the job is what people pass off as a meal at the firehouse. <laughs> and I, I kind of use that term loosely and put that in air quotes. So in order to help anyone who is struggling out there or looking to employ some structure in their systems at the station, I'm going to give you some of my thoughts and share my processes for knowing how to cook at the firehouse. Here are seven things that I came up with uh, in steps that I use personally in my approach to being the designated cook on the crew. So number one, step one, first and foremost, make a list. Whether you're cooking at home and especially when you're cooking at the firehouse, know the ingredients that you'll need and make a list. I sit down and I think of the meals that I want to cook and I make a list of the ingredients. I make it, uh, I use my phone. I use like the notepad feature or whatnot. Sometimes I write it down 
And as I've cooked certain dishes, I know what I need and I don't necessarily need to make a list. However, you can't go wrong in making one. Since every one of you out there has a smartphone, there's no reason you can't use that notepad app and make a list of the things you need from the store. You shouldn't get to the store and then look at each other like some kind of slack-jawed yokel and ask, duh, what do you guys want to eat? Have a plan, make a list, and when you get to the store, make it look like you know exactly what you're getting because you do know exactly what you're getting. And you don't want to be the guy who gets back to the station and then is like, oh, I forgot the rosemary or oh, I forgot this or forgot that. Nope. Doesn't bode well, guys. Step two, do a trial run at home. The last thing you want to do is gamble with your crew's time or money. And as we know, it's almost guaranteed that the tones will go off the moment we sit down. So when it does come time to eat, make sure it's a delicious meal that your crew will actually enjoy eating. On my crew, we pitch in $10 per shift, so that's $20 per set. Now, I work in 48-hour shift blocks or two 24-hour shifts consecutively. It's a bit confusing, but we do a 48-96 schedule. So we're on for 48 hours, and then we're off for 96 hours. So two days on, four days off. So we pitch in $20 per set, and we use that $60 to $80 to shop for meals for the whole 48 hours. And this is usually more than enough, and we eat really good on duty. And not only that, but we've budgeted things to the point where at the end of the month, we have enough left over to divide it up. So our monthly kitty, which is $10 a month, is covered. And I'll talk more about budgeting later. Let's focus on doing a trial run. Do a trial run at home. If you're trying something new, don't make your fire crew your guinea pigs. By that, I mean, don't make them your experimental group. Gather the ingredients and do a trial run at home. And it doesn't have to be for dinner for your family, per se. Maybe you cook it in the middle of the day while you're off duty just so you can have the practice. Either way, you shouldn't be leaving your skills in the kitchen up to chance while on duty. There's a lot riding on your meals at work because you never know when or if you'll even get to eat. So do everything you can to make sure that your meals are refined and perfected before serving them up to your crew. Step three, focus on quality but within budget. Avoid cooking dishes with the term slop in the title, like enchilada slop or hamburger slop. You aren't slopping pigs on a farm. You're cooking for people you respect. The idea of putting slop on a plate in front of them should disgust you. And if you can't tell in the tone of my voice, I'm pretty disgusted when people talk that way or treat me like that. So I would never do that to anybody. But like I'd mentioned earlier, we operate on a budget of 60 to $80 per set. And this is typically more than enough to get quality ingredients for quality meals while on duty. Back when I was roving, I would be exposed to all kinds of different crews and some would pay $15 a day so that they could elevate their repertoire. And some continually spent $15 a shift by accident because they couldn't reel in their spending. Now, some of the difference there is that one group chose to spend more to get a little better quality or maybe even get more, but they came to that agreement. The other group was continually having to pony up extra funds and that did not go over well with the rest of the crew. 
And from what I noticed, the groups who were continually going over budget were the ones who focused their meals on mountains of fresh produce, like mountains of it. Now, there's nothing wrong with eating that way if you're willing to pay the price, but don't continually try to purchase champagne on a beer budget. By making a list of your ingredients, you'll be better prepared to stay within your budget. Minimalism is the key here, not extravagance. Again, unless you and your crew have agreed to that. Have you ever gone to the grocery store hungry? I know a lot of guys at work that do that. And if so, then you know how detrimental it can be to shop in that state. Everything looks good, and your eyes tend to be way bigger than your stomach. Make a plan, stick to it, and focus on quality ingredients, not a quantity of them. Step four, recruit some help in the kitchen. By inviting people to help, you allow others to learn something new, and you can use the experience as a way to refine how you communicate and delegate instructions. Not only that, maybe people have some helpful suggestions that you can incorporate into your future cooking adventures. Maybe you're lucky enough to have someone who worked in a kitchen get hired on on your crew. Who knows? And if you're lucky enough to have a recruit or a probationary firefighter on your crew, have them help you. They'll probably will anyway. They'll probably do whatever they can to be in the kitchen to help. Put them to work. This will be a great opportunity to mentor them and ask them about some of their cooking knowledge. It will also be a great opportunity to manage your temper, refine your communication, and build trust as a crewmate. The rule in my firehouse is if you cook, you don't clean. Now this to me sounds a bit entitled, and I don't subscribe to this idea personally. We are in the service profession, right? I take it as a great honor to serve those that I serve alongside. And by serving them, I mean in any little aspect, and particularly cooking food for them, cooking meals for them. To cook them a good meal is an honor for me, and I want to stay true to my ethos. I will maintain my attitude of service to them. I am not above the lowliest of duties while at work. Now, typically I keep my cooking station clean while I'm cooking, and when I'm done, you usually can't tell that I've even cooked anything. And that's how I like to operate. I keep my station clean. Leave no trace other than improvement, right? That's how I choose to be. People aren't indebted to you because you cooked for them. And they don't owe you anything for it. Remain humble in your efforts to serve others, especially the others who wear the same uniform that you do. Step five, keep it simple. When preparing a dish, you should be using a minimal amount of ingredients, not the entire row of Station Kitty spices. That's an obvious sign of a bad cook. Yup, I said it. Keep things simple. Does this sound good to you? I'm going to lay this out to you because this is an actual meal that I was served. All right. A tuna fish sandwich mixed with celery, corn, jalapenos, mayo, mustard, quinoa, spinach, boiled eggs, cilantro, salsa, cream cheese, Frank's Red Hot, Tabasco, basically a cup of pepper and an equal cup of salt, and some paprika. Now that's a lot. It may sound good to you, and each of those little bits may sound good to you, but it may sound good to only you. 
And just because you love it and you think it's great doesn't mean everybody else does. First of all, that's way too many ingredients, way too many. And if you and your crew have all agreed to that kind of eating, then so be it. That's fine. Whatever. But the key is to communicate that because A, that is an expensive tuna sandwich and will put you way over budget. And B, not everyone will want to eat that mosh pit of a meal. What I recommend, keep it simple. If you've all decided on tuna fish sandwiches, then maybe keep that smorgasbord of ingredients in separate dishes so that people can use them as they like. They can mix them together as they want. Don't make the decision for your crew and force them to eat something incredibly convoluted and over-seasoned like the tuna fish sandwich that I just listed. Keep it simple. Number six, take criticisms in a constructive way. Everyone's got an opinion, right? And there's nothing wrong with that, particularly. Firefighters are especially brutal with their criticisms of each other. I've heard the terms dog food thrown out. I've heard, <laughs> like, I wouldn't even feed this to my dog. It's been pretty brutal. This is written off as, well, if they don't tease you, they don't like you. However, when someone does something for you, it should be your mentality as a professional and as a brother not to mock or tease the one who's actually doing something for you. You don't get to tease the person who's actually doing the work. If you're the one sitting your butt in the recliner and all you have to offer are smart-ass comments, then you aren't really of use to anyone and you've got a lot of work to do on yourself. You should never mock the man in the arena. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm referring to Theodore Roosevelt's famous speech of the same name. In it, he more or less says that the people sitting on the sidelines don't have a right to make commentary if they aren't willing to step into the arena themselves. Regardless, people will make comments and people will ridicule. Take these comments in stride and use them as an opportunity to refine and improve. Be gracious when others are rude. Don't take it personal as people's comments are usually and like 99.9% more about them than they are about you. It's more about them looking cool, making, taking an opportunity to make a joke at somebody else's expense. It's about their ego. That's what it comes down to. So don't take it personal. It's about them. It's not about you. Be gracious with your, with the comments that people make and use them to improve. Number seven, don't get stuck in a rut. You may get really good at cooking that one thing, or you may have pulled out old reliable and made taco salad for the 15th time in the last two months. But don't get stuck in that rut. Keep things interesting. I advise every probie that they should have at least three recipes mentally banked that they can cook without reference to notes at any given moment. One of those may even be the ever-satisfying taco salad. But that doesn't mean you can't change it up from time to time. Maybe use ground chicken this time instead of ground beef. Maybe make your own salsa to add as a garnish. Maybe do a taco bar where everyone puts together their own. I don't know. Spice it up. Change it up. Try to introduce some variation into your repertoire so that your crew doesn't get burned out on what you're feeding them. To quote one of my favorite film directors, Robert Rodriguez, not knowing how to cook is like not knowing how to make love. You should at least know how to cook for yourself, right? <laughs> 
In the spirit of encouraging you all to know how to cook, I thought I'd share a recipe of mine that my crew asks me to cook for them a lot. It's a simple Dijon glazed salmon dish. I'll share the recipe with you here real quick, but I'll also leave the recipe in the show notes if you want to look at it later. So first off, you preheat the oven to 375 degrees, and I typically use about two pounds of fresh Atlantic salmon, which winds up being like a quarter pound per person. I dash a small amount of salt and pepper on the filet, and I put it on a cooking sheet that I've covered in aluminum foil. Now don't cover the fish, just cover the cooking sheet. I put it in the oven, and I cook it for about 20 minutes. And during this time, I prep the glaze, which consists of about three tablespoons of Dijon mustard and about a third cup of brown sugar. So I stir the mixture until it turns into like a thick paste. Then I take the salmon out and I turn the broiler on high. And while that's heating up, I spread the glaze on the top of the salmon with a fork. Once the broiler has heated up to the right temperature, I put the salmon back in for about three minutes. Be careful not to burn the sugar. It will burn quick and it'll smoke the whole kitchen, if not station up, if you're not careful. So set a timer. Three minutes is typically the magic number. Ideally, you want a nice crisp on the salmon. Make sure you serve each meal with a carb and a veggie of some kind. It's important to eat a balanced meal and not just serve up one thing on a plate. Do what you can to keep your crew happy and healthy by being willing and able to make delicious and health-conscious meals while on duty. I would love to see what recipes you guys have, what firehouse go-tos you use. So please, join the community online. Let's see some pictures of your creations. Let's see your recipes. Let's share. Click the link in the show notes or visit facebook.com slash groups slash Ignited Firefighter Podcast Community. Here, you can connect with me, and firefighters from all over the world, you can gain some perspective, some new insights on what's going on in the firefighting world, and you can get some support by brothers and sisters who actually care about maintaining and fostering the brotherhood that the fire service should be. You can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at IgnitedFF. Engage with me. Engage with the rest of the group. This is a perfect way to share and obtain new ways to arm yourself with some strategies so you can stand firm in your principles. One quick announcement, guys. I will be launching the Ignited Firefighter Recruit Academy, Cohort 21-1, on January 4th. Go to ignitedff.com to learn more or click the link in the show notes and join up. If you're not yet on the job and you're looking for a way to get you on the right path, join the Ignited Recruit Academy. In this six-week online program, you will get weekly personal instruction and accountability from me. Weekly assignments that will refine your mental approach and help remove your ego from the equation. You'll get strategies for rocking your interview. You'll get the 28-day ignition workout program that I personally created that's geared toward getting you in the habit of working out and getting you ready to step into the Fire Academy. You'll also get access to a private Facebook group where you can connect with others in the cohort as well as previous IRA alumni. And that's lifetime access. So... If you're looking to gain a career doing the best job in the world, join me in the Ignited Recruit Academy and we'll get you on the right path. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, if you see a need, own it and take action. Be the ideal firefighter you would want on your crew. Be ignited.